Welcome to the Revelation On Demand podcast, the only eschatology podcast I know of done by amateur theologians that are interested in only what the Bible has to say about the end times. I'm your host, J.D. Myers, and today I'm joined as usual by Mr. Chris Hess. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Praise God. It's a good morning. That's, that's great to hear. I know that uh, you've been touched by the COVID. You want to share the, what that's been like? Oh, yeah. So two of my family members have COVID, so... Uh, I'm still under quarantine. It's been uh, two and a half weeks because the way that my um, the way that my city and county have it set up, it's two and a half. It's two weeks after the last known symptom. Is anyone allowed to stop self quarantining? So we're following that because um, it was. It's been two weeks, two and a half weeks since they got it, and about three days since they stopped experiencing symptoms. So. Uh, enough of the technicality aside, it's been interesting, you know, um, I, I can't do any of my walks in the morning. I'm always at home. Um, my room is still messy. Well, you need, to clean, your, you need to clean your room as Jordan Peterson likes to say. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yes, sir. Though. I, I mean, overall it's been, it's been a process, um, you know, because we can all be, uh, sharing the same living space. But, you know, with this overlying, I don't want to say fear, but over-cautiousness at the same time really is starting to spike emotions. But, you know, God's working through us. He always is. Yeah, that's, well, it's good to hear that you guys are, are getting over it pretty good. I was praying for you when you first told me about it, and that was... Uh, we didn't mention it last time, but we we you were just getting into it, so... Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. This week we got the election coming up, so that should be interesting. Uh, like I said in the last episode, go vote how God wants you to vote. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I've already voted. We got our ballots in the ballot box because Colorado is a mail-in state. So every every election, not just the big ones, we get. So every year we get a ballot sent to us directly at home, and then we can either send it in the mail or drop it off at a drop box, or we can even choose to not do any of that and just go to a polling station on election day. So we, we've already done that. We've done our civic duty. It's dropped off, and I'll probably check today to make sure that they got counted because there's tracking on everything here. So, I mean, Colorado's really figured out the mail-in thing, and I think if any... Any state wants to know how to do mail-in ballots, Colorado's been doing it for, shoot, practically since I've been voting. Yeah, I I, I think last election was my first election I was able to vote in. Yeah, I, I think was la- last election was the first election I voted in, or was the first one I was allowed to vote in. And... Um, the mail-in ballot system, we didn't get any follow-up calls. They just took everything as is, and it was like, you know, it was a simple process. I still remember the, I still remember that from when I lived in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And then today, which will, when this airs, will be two days in the past, but today I'm doing the ex- first of my two Extra Life events uh, with the middle school. So if you feel like you want to give to that, please go ahead and find us on extralife.org and uh, look up the Trailhead team. We're the only team under Trailhead. Uh, You're more than likely going to donate directly to me if you're listening, so just go there if you want to help support us, help get kids, uh, 
help this year, especially with COVID. They're they're planning on paying for COVID tests and uh, vaccines and stuff like that. So they're they're trying to help kids in need, and that's the whole reason we're doing it. So wish yeah, me amen. luck today. Well, or in the past, and then next Friday we'll have another event. So with the high schoolers. All right. So getting into the meat of it, unless there's something else you wanted to mention. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm proud of you for reaching out to the middle schools and high schools like that. Um, so that more awareness, you know, gets to the point of, uh, where a lot of these families and, you know, your neighbors and anyone, it's just, it can be struggling. Yeah. Especially in these times when it's, uh, really hard to, well, I really haven't been affected by COVID that much because I'm in agriculture, so I've been working this whole time. It's been like nothing's changed for me. I still have an income. I still go to work every day, and I don't, I'm not out of work. My wife just picked up work at the church, and now she's starting to look into selling stuff, Um, and it's just, we haven't been affected by COVID like many people, which I thank God for, but I hoping that there's other people that feel that way and want to give to people in need. So that's the whole reason I'm doing the extra life and we'll, we'll go from there. So we go over what happened last episode. Right. So we weren't given a specific name to a specific angel, (laughs) which uh, John recounts in his writings that had, came down from heaven and stood on so we actually in the last episode took a step back as like a side note of john by the way before the fire and the brimstone before uh not necessarily fire and brimstone uh before the actual cataclysm of the earth uh john was brought back down to earth temporarily this wasn't while he was you know on his heaven trip um she was actually brought back down to earth temporarily so that an angel could provide him uh, a vision and revelation. So uh, basically this angel provided him a scroll, a book, whichever way you want to take it. And he says, go ahead and eat it. And well, what do you know? John ate this piece of writing that was to endow him his full holy potential. Um, there was something that God said with, um, there's like, there was seven voices that were like thundering and that were like thundering power. And that basically amplified to the point where, um, we call it thunderous voices, seven thunderous voices. And God spoke, uh, as a follow-up to these seven voices, if that's making sense. And John actually didn't write whatever God had said down. Though it was audible to what would seem like miles and miles and miles, if not globally. And John refused to write it down out of respect. Well, he was was told not to write it down. So whatever God said, he did not want us to know. So Yes, uh, out of respect for God, because that was his specific request, absolutely. Um, And therefore, John was sent a prophecy to the world. Yeah, this this is kind of like God's last 
last message to John about what he's going to finish out his ministry doing, and that's what the the seven the letters to the seven churches was all about. So this is uh, this all happened before he wrote any of this. So we we got him kind of telling filling us in with what why he wrote all those letters to the churches and why he even wrote this book. So this is kind of a a pause in the action that we were we were going through the end times and what was happening and uh we take this pause to see why John is doing what he's doing. So basically this is chapter 10 was the chapter about why this book was written. So yeah. And uh, and, and it was like an intermission to the happenings in heaven, which Jesus was to reveal to him what cataclysm would look like or will look like. And, um, you know, we talked about the cherubim, the four angelic beasts, uh, so on and so forth. All right. I didn't catch anything about missing anything on the last episode, did you? No, sir. I, I really liked how the last episode was... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was efficient, comprised, and um, you know I'm just in love with reading this book right now. And yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Now I, I didn't catch anything. I I listened to all my episodes, which is unusual for some podcasters. But I like to hear it. I like to hear what I'm what I need to improve on and what I possibly need to do better editing and stuff like that. And if I change the mic settings like I am today, I, I want to see how they sound and how I match up with the volume of, of Chris here, you know? So I didn't yes, catch, I didn't necessarily catch anything that was, uh, outspoken and didn't stand out in my mind. So if, uh, would you like to read scripture today? It's a pretty beefy chunk. Yes, sir. All right. Let's, just jump right into it. So we are on chapter 11 of Revelations, or Revelation, the book of Revelation. And we do every episode, chapter by chapter, for those of you who didn't know. And all right, let's dive into this. Starting with the scripture today. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. But exclude the outer court. Do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will appoint my two witnesses. And they will prophesize, or they will make prophecy, for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands. And they stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, first, or fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone, oh, this is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time of the prophesying prophesying and they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want now when they have finished their testimony the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them 
Their bodies will lie in, a, in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two, these two prophets had tormented those who live on earth. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet. And terror struck those who saw him. Then they heard a loud voice. Uh, let's try that sentence over. <laughs> then they heard a loud voice from the heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, while their enemies looked on. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake, and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. The third woe is coming soon. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders, who were seated on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshipped, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant, and there came flashes of lightning rumblings, peals of thunder, and an earthquake, uh, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here we got the end. The absolute end is coming. And of course, we still have the seven bowls to go over, which should be in much the same pattern that we've been going over. So we had a pause back in the seals and we just had a pause in the trumpets so we're just finishing up the trumpets here uh they don't talk about the bulls here like they did in the seventh seal start talking about the trumpets but they're coming so uh this is why it's really really hard to tell how this all lines up chronologically but it really doesn't matter honestly if we're this far into the end times i don't think we really need to uh, know exactly the order if we just study well what the events are we'll notice them when they're happening so yes yeah. and something we discussed in a previous episode is chronologically i mean it, it always pays to read your bible it's a great place to really find yourself and create a foundation uh but with this specific book um a lot of the chronology, like he was saying, and the uh, the timeline is uh, yeah, it's it's misconstrued. But that doesn't mean that a lot of it doesn't overlap 
over explain itself um or even you know try to inform you as much as possible less the over explaining yeah yeah and one thing that you'll notice as we go over the seventh things the seventh seal the seventh trumpet as we just heard and then when we go over the seventh bowl it's very much the the uh the end of there being a spiritual realm and a physical realm. It's it's the piercing of the veil. It's the reuniting of the two worlds, so God can finit recreate the heavens and earth. And that's that's the point we're at again here. Uh, we're going to start with God's temple. Uh, measuring was a sign of ownership back in biblical times. So this is God giving John the measuring rod and telling him go measure my domain. And uh, this. This is uh, just his ownership of the temple. This is showing that he's in charge. So, uh, Some people try to say this is the church, but there's too many fine details to be a body of people over a specific place, and this goes down to the symbolic thing, like the first of the trumpets. Uh, it's really, really hard to make this a body of people. When when we get into the the very detailed events or physical things it's it's hard to look at them super symbolic or super symbolically sorry uh so this is more than likely talking about the actual physical presence of god's temple uh and apparently there's a group of people who are trying to rebuild the original temple in jerusalem and they're called the faithful of the temple mount and they are training priests in the art of animal sacrifice for the day they are successful in rebuilding the temple. So we go from talking about God's uh, heavenly temple to talking about the God's physical temple here on this world that was destroyed when Jesus came. And these people are Jews, and they don't, they don't understand that when Jesus died, he removed the need for a physical interaction point between us and God. So as Christians, we believe that thanks to Jesus, we now have a direct connection to God. We are now, our bodies are the temples, our minds are the temples. This is how we, we commune with God. We commune with God on a personal level now. We don't need to go to a temple and have a priest intercede on our part to you know talk with God. But there is this group who are waiting, and they're Jewish, so they don't believe that that veil has been pierced for everyone so they they believe that and this is back to the one of the signs the temple will be rebuilt yeah we actually brought up in a previous episode that um that physical intervention uh not necessarily from the perspective of uh how your faith is intertwined with your church in the way that someone would actually be dictating to you how you need to live your life uh we're we're actually also referring to the Tower of Babylon, too, with that, where people needed that, um, the, the pierce the veil, um, is, is how J.D. put it, where people needed that physical connection to heaven, that, that gateway in. There's got to be a way that we could find in that we don't need divine intervention with we could just get there. Yeah, and I, I don't think that the the faithful of the Temple Mount see it that way. I don't. I think they don't see Jesus as the true uh, Messiah and sacrifice that was made. So they have an issue where they're just not recognizing Jesus. Now, when we're talking about the piercing 
heaven. I think this is, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen that, that Netflix special, the warrior nun, but there, there's, can be this interest for people who want to get into heaven without doing it God's way. And that's what the tower of Babylon was talking about. So, but the problem with ignoring Jesus' sacrifice is that if you ignore his sacrifice, then you're not admitting he was perfect and he was Messiah and he died for our sins. So that, but if you read through the Gospels, that is what has to happen for you to get into heaven. So, because no one can be perfect, no one can wash away all their sins with no matter how many sacrifices. Only a perfect sacrifice can wash away the the innumerous sins that we commit, even, you know, not knowing that we're committing them. And faith, faith too. Faith is, uh, faith is a payoff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and you have to have faith in Jesus Christ to receive the baptism of his blood, so... Uh, when we get into the outer court, uh, newer research suggests that the Dome of the Rock is not where the actual foundations of the old temple is. It's actually a little bit... It's on the same property. It's That's all part of the Temple Mount, if you go to Jerusalem. But they, they think it's to the north of it a ways, or it's, it's not on the same place. So they could actually rebuild this temple, the physical temple, and the Dome of the Rock would sit inside the outer courts. And... Uh, there was a part that was talking about the outer courts. Uh, the 42 months is three and a half years, and this is the second half of the final year. So here we got this, the seven in the half of seven again, where we always talking about how there's always going to be turmoil in the first half of the seven years, and then there's going to be recreation in the last half. And that's where I was talking about with my prediction of when the end of the world is. I said 2060, but that doesn't, that wasn't accurate. It's 20. 53 actually or 2054 depending on how the years line up because there's that seven years period where it'll be the the cataclysm the bringing down for three and a half years and then the rebuilding for three and a half years so uh, okay so real quick question about that uh because the bible also mentions that you, you don't we don't know for sure when jesus is to return though like so is that just an estimate 2050 yeah no i not i we joke about it all the time that's that's just my my guess on to when it is Uh, okay yeah (laughs) i remember you mentioning that before okay yeah yeah no i just i'm i'm bringing that back up to to explain a little more how it would look like so whenever the end time is you need to back up seven years and that's when the tribulation and, and the recreation is supposed to happen so and uh, there's just uh there's a bunch of interesting verses that you could look up for that um yeah and the book of matthew is actually a good reference for yeah and i think we'll go over that in the olivet discourse when we get to those episodes so we'll definitely oh, okay. we'll definitely dive deeper into that like I've said before, this series is kind of a general overview, trying to pick up the most interesting notes here and there that we can and give everyone a general understanding of every chapter by chapter. So as we continue, the witnesses are the olive trees and lampstands that are standing in the middle of all this chaos, and, and they are still trying to extend God's grace to to everyone who's going through 
this tribulation. And they are also have authority from God and his protection to bring droughts and plagues. So these are, there's a lot of talk over who they are. And I, I think, I'm trying to see, yeah, we'll talk a little more later about who they are. But we're not exactly sure on who they are, but they are God's people here on earth trying to carry out his will still even though most of the world who is left is still as unbelievers so and then their death so we move into this in the beasts let from the pit in revelation 9 are the ones who make war against these witnesses so we talked a little bit about the abyss back in chapter 9 if you remember that where it's this deepest darkest part of all creation where demons are, are cast to and, and god has allowed them to get free i don't know if he's freed them necessarily but he's allowed them to break free for this final destruction and recreation and their their ministry when they are killed is complete there is no like left wanting for their ministry uh this is god allowed this to happen because as we heard they had fire come from their mouths and they had their protection or they had God's protection up to the point where these beasts came from the pit and killed them. So this isn't God's cutting, letting their ministry get cut short. They have finished their job, so he allows them to be killed. And uh, we will not be taken from this world until our testimony is complete. And as witnesses, we are to share that testimony every chance we get. So uh, I've said before, you know, I was a atheist before I became a true believer, and I, I dabbled in some spiritual stuff, which got kind of hokey. And it's pretty interesting to come from that kind of background and see how the Bible and, and Christianity works with all those kind of mindsets and allows for them, even though uh, they're not the true true path. So, Yes, and uh, just to emphasize on the word testimony, testimony is one of the most powerfully moving things in a, a church setting or even in general, but in the instance of the, what the way that we interact as believers, as followers of Christ, testimony is a reassuring thing because you know, for a fact, um, as long as you're not too much of a skeptic on, uh, on their viability with what, whatever, whoever is the witness or anyone is testi testifying about, but um, these whatever they're sharing seems so much more uh, real. You know, it's a physical interaction, and I think God really does understand that. Um, you know, we lose a sense of touch by just believing sometimes, and that's not to say that believing doesn't have its rewards. That there is no real feeling to it, that you can't communicate with God, but to relate to someone on a personal level is, uh, you know, it's it's all that much more real. And I think that's what God very well knows by having these two here. And yeah. to um, just going back a little bit, so that um, you know that like He can connect with those who. Um, are the potential people to be saved uh, or those who are seeking God in these times, in the end times, you know, post-rapture. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is all happening right before the seventh trumpet, and like we said, the seventh is the completion of everything. So even up to the very last minute, God is still reaching out to people to allow them to come to him. So that's what who these two are, and talking about witnessing and, and testifying. It doesn't matter how unique or how common you think your testimony is, you need to help share that with other people, especially non-believers, because there may be something in your testimony that God has brought you to them, or vice versa, in a way that they might hear something similar, they might connect with you in a way that makes them want to have what you have and as that peace in Christ and, and just being in Christ, that indwelling of the spirit that we all should be striving to, you know, cultivate. Right. As a follower of Christ, you also represent what is the home body of Jesus and the spirit of the Holy spirit. So they should always keep that in mind too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the great city is, is just kind of a figurative, um, talking about the worst the worst place uh, also known as Babylon we've seen this repeatedly through the Bible and it, we've talked about Babylon quite a few times in this show uh, they will have the immorality of Sodom which is why Sodom is brought up if you remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how they were destroyed for their immorality and then they mentioned Egypt because it was known as kind of the slave center. So it'll have immorality and slavery wherever the city is, whatever the city is. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what city it is. This is some great hub of all of humanity's sins coming together. So in the darkest place in the human realm, God has his witnesses testifying and trying to reach people. So that's something to, that's something to put in your pipe and smoke. <laughs> so and then the rejoicing so we're going to talk a little bit about like what this was talking about with the rejoicing of their death uh, back in biblical times if you were killed and left out to rot basically just in the public square in front of everyone where everyone can see how how you know just mangled your body is this was a very very uh dishonorable way to have your body treated so the fact that no one is burying these two no one is is taking them away and dressing them or anything like that is saying that they are on public display for the world to see and then when it's talking about this spoken all over the world it's very easy to see that this could very well be something posted and shared virally on social media it's very easy to, to imagine a scenario where all the headlines across the world is that these two witnesses were preaching and they were killed by demons or something like that and, and their bodies and everything would be posted all over Facebook or you know whatever whatever social media platform you want to use and this would be very dishonorable in that culture and I think even even today if you were killed and left out to lie that's why we cover bodies still you know if you're just left out to be gawked at as you were killed then i think that would still be kind of dishonorable today i don't think anyone would want their bodies to be treated that way after they were killed it's humiliating yeah. for one i think in general and uh yeah that's a lot of subjugation too yeah um, and, and the rejoicing was because these uh, the world, the most of the people in the world at this point are just sinners who refuse to repent. So, when when 
people are shown the light, when they are shown the truth, when they are told the truth, they and they don't want to hear it, this is when they, they tend to fight the most about, you know, accepting this. So you'll find if you are starting out on this Christian walk or you've been doing it for a while, you already know what I'm talking about, where as you try to strive to get closer to Christ and live in a more pious way and not sin as much and make yourself better and, you know, clean up your room and do all these things to make yourself better, <laughs> you, you'll you find that the, there's people around you who react in different ways. There's many people who like what they see. There's many people who will be inspired by what they see and they will try and, you know, imitate you. But there will also be people who are so set in their ways and like the sin that they're living in and the, they like the mess they've made so much that they will dislike seeing you rise to your full potential. And that's that's this idea here. These two witnesses are, are showing the world where their shortcomings are, and the world that's left over at this point does not like that. We so do. We're stubborn as, as people. Uh, we are created in God's creation, but sin has made us so stubborn and not just set in our ways. Anyone can be changed. Uh, and anyone can see the light. But that being said, some are just so... I, I'm not even going to say blinded to it. it. It's like intentionally they're choosing to be stubborn or they're choosing to retaliate against something that is so graceful. And, of course, it's got to be with violence um, and neglect. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to the revival of these two. So they... they celebrated too prematurely they thought now we are finally rid of these two and then god goes nope there's more and raises these two from the dead uh he will not god will not let his witnesses be forgotten that's what this is talking about and he will lift them up and then brings them up into heaven uh this undoubtedly will bring some to god again so this is god is still holding the door open Till the very last minutes, this is very reminiscent of the uh, the vineyard owner who paid everyone one denarius, even though there was people who worked all day and there was people who got in in the last few hours of the workday and they all got a denarius. And this is God's prerogative to give us all the same, even though we may not come to Him all at the same time. We may not be on equal footing when it comes to. Uh, how much we've dedicated our lives to him. God's just interested in bringing as many of us to him as possible so that he can make his, his creation complete. Now God would love to have everyone come to him, but there's no way for him to do that without removing our free will. So this is, this is God allowing us to choose to be with him or without him up until the very last moment. But you just got to look in the manner that Jesus was sacrificed for us too. And like how uh, debilitating that was for him. One can only imagine, you know, or as, as some of us very well know at the same time, um, how we're, how limited we are in sin. And then just the liberty of being under God's will instead of the free will of sin uh, being reckless and endangering. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is where we'll talk a little bit. We don't know who these two prophets are, but there's many theories, and the most likely is it's it's either the reincarnation of Elijah, Moses, or Enoch, because these are people... I think Moses died, but Elijah in, in well, Elijah definitely didn't die. But there's there's definitely theories around who these two people are because it says in the Bible that we will only have one death. So this there is two figures in the Bible who were taking up to heaven without dying. So there is a theory that this could be them. And I think that's Elijah and Enoch. Uh, I, it doesn't really or Moses. Did Moses not die? I thought he died. Pretty sure he died. I think it was Elijah and Enoch that didn't die. They were, yeah. Moses did die once. So uh, either it's someone who's coming in the spirit of these prophets, or it could be those two prophets who were just taken up to heaven without dying. And I believe that's Elijah and Enoch. No. Uh, oh, hey, check it out. Moses ascended. He did to heaven in Deuteronomy. Yep. Instead of dying. Okay. Well, that's why he's up there. Uh, and again, uh, there was the oh, period. Oh, no, he did end up dying. I'm sorry. Yes, he refused to follow through with what God was saying, which was to ascend a mountain. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> semantics aside. Um, right, it, sorry. It doesn't really matter who these two are, to be honest. It's just uh, this is God's way of telling us that we can even in the darkest times still witness to people so even though the world's in turmoil even though 2020 is the worst year ever we can still witness to people you know and we should we should feel empowered to witness to people to share our testimonies to go out there and find more people for christ so and then we have the finale the seventh trumpet finally we're here i've pontificated so long uh, so the last seal brought silence, and this trumpet brings joy, because God is severing the veil. This is the the final collision of the spiritual realm and the physical realm, where God will recreate both in the final image that he wanted. And uh, the kingdoms of man now become the kingdoms of God. This is the... This is the the sign that the two worlds are merging, so now God is taking over absolute control, and this is shown with saying that he's come to reign, as the elders had said, worshiping uh, God's judgment and punishment match the crime. The nations are mad at God, and God will destroy his world, or they destroyed his world, so he will destroy those nations who sinned against him. And the nations are angry because they don't want to give up their power to God. So we get these nations who are left in this time are the power hungry. And you even see this today in modern politics. You just have these nations fighting, gridlocked over who has the most power, who controls the most resources. And we're not going necessarily to all-out war anymore over this, but we're still doing this this political dancing and, and just headbutting where they are fighting over power because they don't want to give up power to anyone. And being as, I mean, Jesus said this all the time, he was first will become last and he was last will become first. We have to become servants. We have to give up power. We have to serve others. We have to be self-sacrificing for even those we don't know to become 
anything exalted in heaven. So these, these nations are just butting heads, they are fighting over power, and they don't realize that all they'd have to do is serve God and give up power to be accepted by God. But this this is where governments... I mean, I always go back to the part where God... I don't remember what story this was, but God was like talking to a prophet, and the prophet's like, the people want a king, so can you send us a king? And God's like... I don't want to give you a king. Like, that's not my plan. You uh, guys don't need a king. <laughs> yeah, Book of Samuel. He's like, I don't need to, you guys don't need a king. I am your king. Follow me. And the prophet came back. He's like, they're really, really complaining about it. Can we have a king? And God's like, okay, fine. You'll have a king, but you'll rule the day you have a king. You know? So this is, as, as libertarians and, you know, kind of anarchists, we're like, Hey, look, look, look right there. God did not want us to be ruled by men. You know, he wants us to be ruled by God. And it's really easy to see where where we need to give up our power to God. We need to give up the things we cannot control to God. And only in the very little things that we can control we need to find ways to serve others, to serve God, and just to show love to one another. Absolutely. That um, Whether you want to dub it sacrifice or just giving your heart out to others, because that, that is the ultimate message I think that Jesus was trying to tell us too, is he was sacrificed for our sins, but we, we shouldn't be ignorant to the fact that um, you know his ministry of his own was to create a better life and to bestow eternity, uh, you know, the good kind, to any anyone and everyone. Yeah, yeah. So and then with the final scene where the temple is opening and, and the veil is being torn, this is very much reminiscent of when the, the shroud was torn in the temple when Jesus died. This is God merging the two creations. We see the Ark, which is God's throne, not necessarily the Ark of the Covenant, but that's how the Ark of the Covenant was referred to back in the uh, oh, Leviticus and stuff like that, Deuteronomy. The Ark of the Covenant was symbolically God's throne here on earth. So this is God finally casting aside any barriers between him and creation. And this is just where we will start to see... We're not going to see this because we have to go through the seven bowls. So we'll we'll rehash all the the uh, destruction and recreation kind of themes that we've been going through with the past seven, the past two sevens. So we'll see that again. And then as we move to the end in chapter 21, 22, uh, 20, 21, and 22, we will see the final recreation. And uh, so... We're through the second trumpets. We're halfway through uh, Revelation as of this episode. And uh, I think we're doing pretty good, you know? Hey, yeah. Oh, this has been a, it's been a journey so far, and I, I feel like God's really helping us speak through. Yeah, through I definitely. And, you know, yeah, I d- we hope that he, um, he helps you guys speak through him as well. 
yeah, not to not to toot my own horn, but I feel like we're really starting to reach our strides. So now I can stop focusing so much on prep and and, and study. I'll keep trying to keep my study as as in depth as I'm doing, even though we're just doing kind of a walkthrough. Uh, but I can start focusing more on pushing out the podcast to other platforms and getting the word out there about our podcast. Now I think I feel like I can start growing the podcast now that I've got it kind of solidified in a way that I, I, I'm happy with the final product that comes out of it. So, uh, take away, take away for today with the election coming up and all the possible shenanigans about to take place. Remember that God is still in control. He and has ultimate say over what happens in this world. And if we believe we will be victorious through him. And this is, this is the message I felt today. And I, I kind of felt, I felt the spirit when I was talking there and we just, we need to give up that control to God. And I think that's, that's the big message. And if we trust in God, we have faith in God, we will be made victorious no matter how dark things get. Trust the expert on everyone and everything. I, I'm down. Yeah, it's God pretty easy. <laughs> you say? Oh, I was just saying God being omnipresent and om- omnipotent. What, what were you going to say? It was pretty easy? Uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to trust someone who knows everything. So, <laughs> well, At least it is for me. And that's coming as an ex-atheist, you know. I didn't believe any of this. In fact, I was quite hostile to especially the Christian faith, uh, Jews included. But just I thought religion was bad and I thought it was all about conquest and there's a lot of religions that it is uh, but I started studying different religions and, and started reading the holy books and I think that's what God used to crack open the door and just with the events in my life and me realizing that I had to become a better person so that I could be a good father and husband I think God used that kind of cross there to bring myself to him. So I think this is, I definitely feel like I'm in the place he wants me to be because everything seems to be okay. It's not great. You know, I have anxiety about what this week will bring. I have anxiety about, you know, all sorts of things, but I feel like I'm in the place God wants me to be. Hey, he's in control too. He's in control. You can kiss those anxieties goodbye. Right, right. So no matter what, what we if we even have results by the next time we record, <laughs> it's kind of sad to think that you know the elections in like four days and well, from the time of recording, and we may not have results in two weeks when we record again. So um, yes, God bless. Stay safe. During that time. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Um, <laughs> All that. Yeah. So, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, sir. I, I just wanted to thank the audience and you, of course. Uh, I love doing this. Um, feel free to check it out anytime on Podbean. Podbean's probably one of the best um, platforms, that, which is the personal one that we use our podcasting through. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking into getting a YouTube account set up through that. They had some issues last time I checked with how they pushed that to YouTube. So YouTube is coming. 
I promise that I will get it done as soon as they have the technology, the technological side figured out. And, uh, then, uh, I, I will make a sincere effort to get iTunes working. I, I, I've been, I've been putting it off. I'm saying it now. I am going to make a sincere effort at actually doing it. So, um, expect that we've pushed out to a bunch of different podcast sites and uh if the guy in poland is listening thank you so much for checking out uh our podcast i think that's amazing i i have a lot of polish ancestry i don't know a lot about my polish ancestry i just know i have a lot of polish blood so uh to you brother out there who's listening in poland thank you we appreciate it to all our brothers and sisters who tune into this, we, we sincerely thank you. Yeah. Oh, no. And thank you so much for all the support. And if you ever want to talk to us, please, please reach out to us. You can definitely help us with what we missed last episode because that's just me right now listening to what I what we produce and trying to pick up anything that I missed. So the more people who are listening, the more people that say, hey, you missed this. Send me an email, send me a message on Facebook, just say, hey, you missed this, and I will look it over and see if I believe you are right in what you're talking about. And if I use a comment from you in a show, I will give you credit for it. You know, I'm all about making sure everyone gets represented as well as possible. So please reach out to us if you have any comments or concerns or just hey, you missed this, you should have talked about this, and I'll either address it or I will put it in notes for a future episode where we're going to talk about more specifics. So, Yes. So, uh, praise God. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, why don't we wrap this up, my friend? All right, cool. Thank you for listening to the Revelation On Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture, and we receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact us at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.